Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about uh, what is art, what isn't art, what is fine art, what is not fine art. And particularly the statement, that's not real art. Yeah. So the reason that we're doing this podcast is because recently we've been reviewing some of the questions that we've gotten. And over the years, we've gotten so many questions where like somebody was told in class by their teacher that, well, that illustration, that's not real art. That's not, that's not art. That's not fine art. That's just this. Or like digital art is not real art or that manga isn't art or comics aren't art or anything, <laughs> anything that is not deemed I don't know by tradition. tradition. Yeah, that it's that it's just not art. Even even going as far as saying that some materials that are used are not art. And it it's always hilarious to me that there are people out there that will make a statement like that and actually claim without claiming it that they are an authority in the entirety of the art world and yeah. that they know they're in the know of like what is what is real art and what is not art i especially like it when they say that they're an expert cuz most actual experts that i've met don't tell you that they're an expert yeah yeah <laughs> well 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 i'm an expert in this i've i've got experience i've got this and uh we've you know it's funny because when you run into a personality like that whether or not they're talking about art or they're talking about anything else immediately my reaction is like really cuz uh Okay, this is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Usually when somebody is actually versed in something, rarely will they make it a point to point out that they are an expert in that particular thing that they're versed in. Generally, experts are too busy furthering their studies and research to go around putting people down. Yeah. I have noticed a trend, uh, which is it tends to be the new things, the new genres, the new technologies, the new ways of doing things that come up against criticism. Since yeah. time immemorial, it seems, yeah. uh, the lithograph fell under the scrutinous eye. Photography fell under the scrutinous eye. Uh, of course, music. Music's a great example. Right. Whether or not something is digital or it's not. Um, in the eighties, when uh, when all the synth started coming out, well, that's not that's not real. And it's funny because it's the same argument that they use with uh, digital art uh, today, right? Yes. Like, oh no, it, it's the program that's doing it all. Not Which caused me to laugh hysterically, <laughs> and I said, "Oh my goodness, that's just your average garden variety of misinformed hater who's yeah. never even attempted to create a piece of digital art or likely any art at all." Please ask them to open up their digital art program of choice and sit there and see if it creates a beautiful piece of art while they watch. Right. Because it's a tool like anything else and it's how you utilize the tool. Yeah, exactly. It's like a paintbrush and a palette of paint. It, it's it's not – I the thing about it is that it's very, very easy to point a finger and destroy – anything right and that's the one of the problems is that a lot of advocates for saying well that's not real art because blank 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 and then they list a bunch of things right well here's the interesting thing is that i could say that anything that is painted in oils is not real art because anything that is painted in oils is not going to last needs to be repaired after a certain amount of time right and after how many repairs is the original piece of art lost yeah exactly i mean are the originals actually still there it's easy to poke a hole in anything especially when you're talking about creativity and creative 
craft. Mm -hmm. You could poke a hole in any song, in any painting that's ever been painted. There are always going to be things that could be perceived as flaws if they are looked at that as that way. And there's always this measure of comparison that you could do with anything, even though really when you break it down, it's uncomparable. You cannot compare uh, one artist's work versus another artist's work, even if they're using, even if they're working within the same genre Mm -hmm. and with the same materials. And so like, it's always interesting to me, the baseless comments that artists will face when somebody who maybe is, uh, you know, and I, and I have nothing against academic artists, nothing whatsoever, but a lot of times, both in both of these cases, you get people that are colleagues of people that work in the academic system who, because they are teaching maybe the history of art and they're teaching certain things, they think that they have a handle on exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And that kind of breaks my heart because when you are an artist in school, that is when you are most vulnerable, especially to the person that you're looking up to that is teaching the class. When yep. you have a figure of authority and they are telling you that you are wrong, that that is not art, it is very, very easy to get discouraged. You know, and in this particular case, um, it was one of their colleagues. And that's not the first time that in academia, when it comes to art, that there are these these perspectives that are out there. And it's not just in academia. It is just Joe Schmo who happened to read an article about this or that. And now all of a sudden they're an expert because they read three articles on the subject. Yeah. And let me tell you, as being a human who's read some articles, <laughs> there are some seriously confusing, misinformed articles on any subject you could possibly want to read about floating around on the internet. Well, exactly. Because I mean, no matter what, no matter how much the person has researched, whatever it is that they're researching, right? They've got a bias. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it could be a historian back in the day. I mean, look at grammar, the way that grammar is. You've got grammar Nazis out there. A lot of the grammar rules have changed over time because language changes and the written language is just based on the spoken language. Language changes far more rapidly than I even gave it credit for uh, with words meaning different things uh, in a short amount of time and words being adopted that were once slang and are now common use and even the predominant accepted word for meaning this and what have you. And the art world does the same thing. Yeah. Now, I don't intrinsically have any issue with different kinds of labels for different kinds of art, i.e. this is fine art, this is applied art, this is commercial art, this is illustration, this is digital, this is whatever, except for where it's used as a derogatory term term and i do take issue with someone saying that's not art period yeah yeah because i mean and that's that's where in the video i talk about it i was like okay well then is this can of poo art it's considered fine art Mm -hmm. uh is this urinal with the signature on the side is this art it's considered fine art so like exactly what is it about those things that make them art versus an illustration, for example, because that that's what the video is about, mm-hmm. being criticized and being told, well, that's not fine art, that's an illustration. For the fact that illustration has a very specific definition to it, right? If it is in a book, it is an illustration. Digital art is simply art that's created digitally. Right. Uh, acrylic art is art that is created with acrylic. Mixed medium is art that is created with 
mixed mediums and yeah. and you've got found art and you've got all kinds of art that's fine you want to you want to title something what it is because you're trying to uh explain what it is that is perfect exactly like what you said but if you are saying well that's that's not real art that's that's just found objects it's like you are full of shit, sir. Nobody can really define art is this magical unicorn of a thing that no one can define other than defining it as an expression of self. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a language. It's another method of communication. And just like with uh, trying to apply anything over the grand scheme of things, right? Like, let's say we try to apply English grammar rules to all grammar. It's not going to work. It doesn't work. Yeah. It would actually be more useful for someone to say, oh, I don't speak that language, looking at a piece of art that they don't understand or that they don't appreciate. Right. Rather than saying that's not art or even saying, well, I mean, because basically what you're saying in so many words is, well, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, good for you then. Yeah, yeah good for you. <laughs> and, you know, going back to the thing of language, it's exactly that. It, it's ridiculous. It's like being an English speaker, right? Somebody comes in and they're speaking Spanish and then you're, you're like, well, that's, that's not language. That's not a real language. This is a real language. And it's almost the same thing when you're looking at art that is so diverse, exactly like language. And yet someone can actually have the cojones to tell someone else that what they're creating is not art for everybody out there that has ever had anyone. And I really don't give a shit if it is an authority figure, if it is a teacher, even if it is a, a gallery person or anybody that is high up in the art world, if anybody has ever told, well, that's, that's not, that's not fine art. That's not real art. Just know that that person is completely and utterly full of shit. And they're saying exactly like what Clee said. Oh, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. Which what they really mean is I don't speak that language. Yeah. I don't understand that. And recently we both heard a quote that I really liked and you really liked. And I think we spoke on this in a, a previous podcast. But basically if someone's telling you that you're stupid or your work is stupid or it doesn't make any sense to them – uh, then you're probably on to something yeah. because it means that you're probably doing something that they haven't seen before. Yeah. You're in new territory or they simply don't get what you're doing and they don't like it. There's plenty of people out there. Right. That- and, and I mean, and that's the thing. If you look at artists from back in the day that, that we consider the old masters, mm-hmm. right? It's not like when they started changing the stuff, when Picasso first started doing his weird style, people weren't into it. The same thing happened with Monet. When Monet was doing his his impressionist stuff, nobody was into that. Nobody was into the the impressionist was that was a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's interesting because when you go back and all these artists that we really admire for changing the art scene, right? They were not received with open arms. It wasn't like people at the time were like, "Oh, that's revolutionary." Like we look back and we're like, "That was revolutionary." Mm-hmm. But at the time. People didn't know how to digest it. No, they got told it wasn't real art. It was offensive. It was degenerate. And generally, people were in an outrage viewing pieces of art yeah. that they didn't understand. Yeah. And so, like, that's that's the thing. Whenever anybody is like, well, that's not real art, um, just ignore it. You, you, there, there's, no, there's no authority 
out there that can tell you that something is art or something isn't art because art is a personal journey. And as far as it being fine art, the definition of fine art, you you might as well just call it art. Yeah, there's a real blurred line there. Um, and again, this kind of just speaks to the idea that like no one no one truly agrees, but here's the best we've come up with for fine art. Fine art is creative art, especially visual art, whose products are to be appreciated primarily or solely for their imaginative, aesthetic, or intellectual. And the main thing that that's trying to negate by its definition is commercial art. Right. uh, Which is used for practical or decorative purposes. It even goes on to say, uh, largely not used for these things, right? Um, but a lot of very te- – like, then you have to ask, like, well, what's practical? Is enjoying a movie practical? Right. Um, is enriching your home surroundings practical or aesthetic? Like, is the style of clothing that you appreciate and use to express yourself more practical or more aesthetic? Yeah, and that's that's where there's blurred lines. That's why you have art museums that have fashion show displays <laughs> from fashion designer. Blurred lines is a really good – great way of describing it fine art it can come from anywhere mm-hmm. it could be anything i mean some people consider a big giant freaking boulder that was moved from one location to another as fine art right some people don't some people consider uh paint splashes fine art some people don't and i think that really um it's not about the definition on whether something is fine art or something is this or something is that I think really it's all art and it just all has a different title or a different name or or whatever it is, especially if the artist agrees with what it is. The artist is the one that gets to call it whatever it is that he wants to call it. Sure. Me personally, I don't have an issue. Like I am considered in some circles to be an applied art. I, I work in the applied arts, right? Or a skilled trade even is right. what my work, my jewelry work is called. And I'm like – I don't care. That's fine. You can call it a skilled trade, but don't you dare tell me that it has less merit than what you consider to be fine art. And then the merit scale, I think, is where we both take issue. This has more merit and more value than this because this is this and that is that. Well, because it falls into the whole structure of society with like – uh, status, economic status, and who's where, and like this person is better than this person because they have this much of an income or that much of an income. And like it just really that measurement system is a system that, that comes from the old world and is still used today. And they try to, people try to use it in everything, right? Because they're so used to using it that I think that unconsciously they use it. They're like, well, that's, that's not this this is better than this thing or this is better than that person and it's funny cuz when you're looking let's say we're looking at human beings right and if you're looking at a human being can their financial status actually determine who's a good human being out of the two like you can't do that and it's the same thing as looking at artwork all you can do is define which one you like more Absolutely. And so as far as giving it a definitive name, like uh, something that, that, that means something to everyone, you just can't do that. The only thing you could do is honestly give your opinion. And the problem is in the art world, if you're looking at something and you are holding a grudge because maybe you wanted to be an artist and like so far you've run into failure and whatever and you see somebody who's really excited about their art and they're actually putting a collection together and – you're feeling a little bit like butt hurt because you're like, oh, well, I haven't done it, you know, and then you're going to make some snide comment like, well, 
uh, you know, that's not real art. Almost like that's that's easier to do than what I'm doing, and you're trying to justify it. I see that happen all the time, all mm-hmm. the time, and I'm like, don't let these people hurt you because they're just full of shit. Back in the day, I was that person. Mm-hmm. I wasn't creating enough art. I was lucky if I created like one piece a year because I was always hemming and hawing about my career. So when I'd see someone else who created maybe three or four pieces or something like that, then I was like, well, you know, in my mind, like, well, it's easier for you because whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that's not really art. Sure. There's an an air of disdain, which comes from your own personal insecurities. Yeah. And that's one of the things to understand is that a lot of these titles, a lot of these titles and a lot of this, this, this status symbol stuff that happens in the art world is part of the uh, pulling the wool over your eyes because basically there is a a lot of the money that happens in the mainstream not the mainstream art world but in the art market has to do with status and provenance Mm -hmm. right and that status and provenance is essentially uh just made up by people that are trading uh, in these stocks that we call art. Yeah, essentially all of that is enough people agree that this thing is yeah. reality. Yeah, exactly. So like basically they agree that this is reality. And so then it trickles down into the mainstream art world and into, you know, like local art world and stuff like that. Because a lot of us grow up and that's what we think and that's what we hear. So then we think that there are all these rules to the art world because these rules are what control perception. And as long as there is a controlled perception, then the rules can stand as reality. And the truth of the matter is that when it comes to creating, right, over the years, you've seen all different types of art. And whether it's sculpture or it's this or it's that, no matter what, it's going to have the label of fine art at some point in time because it is going to have relevance to someone when they see it. It's the individual person that looks at the art and the artist themselves who determines whether or not it's fine art. It is the person that wants to buy it, whether they are buying a print or they are buying an original or they are buying a sculpture or they are buying anything that they are buying for the aesthetic reason. So that's that's where I'm like, it doesn't matter what the purpose is. It is a relationship between the artist and the art and the person purchasing it and the art. That would be a fun collection to release as I'm listening to you talk about this, like future fine art, but for now degenerate art. Right, exactly, exactly. I read a really great article recently from uh, a pretty famous author. I won't name names, but um, she basically said, um, art world, start trying to be a little less horrible as time goes on because you're not only hurting artists, but you're actually hurting art collectors and potential art collectors. She herself is an art collector, a pretty avid one, and she's been snubbed in certain galleries in the mainstream art world. And what she basically said, it was quite a long article, but what she basically said was like, drop the smoke and mirrors act. A lot of people who want to appreciate art are terrified of it, of trying to collect it, and they don't even understand that you can buy real art anywhere from 100 to $100 million. Right. 
And it doesn't really matter what kind of disposable income you have. If you have an appreciation for art, like we need less snobbery, less gatekeepers, and more access and more understanding and more acceptance right. for people of all walks of life. So like if we could just move towards being less horrible. Yeah. That's <laughs> how so she put it. And I was like, that's so great. Yeah. I'm in full support of that. It is. I am in full support of that too, because in reality, that's the real art world. If somebody that is willing to go one of these big uh, art fairs knew that the caliber of art that they're buying at this art fair, that they could find an art at a art market or an art, a street art market that is at the same caliber for maybe a hundred bucks and then actually collect this artist's work and really fill their walls with this artist that they really admire and understand that they are actually discovering an artist, mm-hmm. right? Not saying that the art that is at these fairs is not, but a lot of these art shows that that get all the media and all the news, you can't even go apply at this art show as an artist. It has to be a gallery. Right. A gallery is what gets in. Art Basel, same thing. It's galleries that get in. You don't have access to the actual artist. You have to deal with a gallery. No, and as an artist, it's like uh, th- that's the age old question, right? How do you get? How the heck do you get into Art Basel? Because none of the galleries that do Art Basel want you unless you have a proven track record of being a cash cow. Right. And um, you can't get into Art Basel without these galleries. So it's kind of like needing job qualifications for a job that you can't get unless you get the job uh, or a Boros of bullshit situation. Right, exactly. And that's why I'm like, you know what? I've made a career of being an artist, right? Without any galleries, without anything like that. And I'm not saying that galleries are evil or anything like that. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't buy from galleries. But when I look at the mainstream art world, the mainstream art world is made up of the gatekeepers. And this is where a lot of those definitions of what real art is and what not real art is and insider art and outsider art and all that stupidity that comes along with those titles that really makes it confusing for people who want to buy art. Not only does it make it confusing for people that want to just purchase art that just want to have a love for art, but it makes it confusing for those aspiring artists who are terrified to put themselves out there because there has been this long decree of rules that are essential for you to become an artist. And really the only rule that it takes to be an artist is create art, love the art that you create and keep growing and defining yourself as an artist and persist and if you want to sell the art then put it out there put it out there at markets put it out there in different places put it out there in places so that your people that are going to love your art can discover you and the truth of the matter is that the people that are going to markets there are a lot of wealthy people that go to these big time art shows that go to these markets and mm-hmm. go to small art shows and they're the ones that discover the artist. Yeah. They discover their artist. I don't know how many wealthy collectors we have of our work. And it's not like we did any big art shows. No, and I've heard a lot of artists say like, well, I'm afraid to do smaller shows because I'm afraid it's going to hurt my reputation right out the gate. And I think to myself, well, you don't have a reputation yet because nobody knows about you. But also, like, that's really a warped perspective. But I understand how 
people might have that idea when they haven't experienced the art world at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you put yourself out there, put your artwork out there and understand that whatever it is that you create, it is art. Mm -hmm. It is fine art. It it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like in, like I said in the video, illustration, that's a type of use for the art. Yes. Right. You are illustrating a book. You are illustrating a poster. You are using an image to illustrate the text. That is very specific to that. It does not mean that it is a style of work. It doesn't mean that it is the materials that you use. You know, the same thing with digital art. It just means that it is art, fine art, that is used, that you use digital equipment to create it. Mm -hmm. That is digital art. Like, it doesn't make it less or more than anything else. And this goes back to the age-old thing of, like, oils versus acrylic and whatever. And and like you said, whenever there's something new, people are going to turn up their nose to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know... Let the old guard die off then, because if that's the way that they're going to play it, the future is where the change is. Absolutely. And, you know, in our newest category of hated upon art, which is NFT art. Um, right. And, of course, a lot of people want to say, oh, that's total BS. It's going to blow over. Man, I have seen some jaw-dropping, breathtaking NFT art. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I have a mad appreciation for it. I just hope they get the environmental stuff under control. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But um, I think there's some beautiful fine art in the NFT world. I think wherever there is creation, wherever there is imagination, wherever you have artists, you're going to have beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. You're going to have stuff that you don't like. You know, you're going to yeah. have stuff. You're going to have stuff that maybe uh, the person was being lazy when they created it. Sure. Uh you're going to have stuff that you love. It's all art. I mean, it's all, it's all just art. And I think that that's the, that's my, my biggest thing with it is that whenever a statement like that is being used where you are saying that's not art, there's only one reason that you are using that statement. You're using that statement to put down whatever it is that you're looking at it and make yourself seem like an authority. And in my mind, No one is an authority on what art is. I don't care how long you've worked in the art world. You are not an authority. Yeah, art is really this thing that just sort of exists outside of that. It evolves and it changes from day to day. You cannot, you cannot be an authority when it comes to determining what is and what isn't art. And I don't care who you are, and I will challenge you every single time. Just like you can't be an authority on who and who is not an art collector. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, and yeah, that's it. That was that was a good talk. That was a good talk. Yeah. I, I didn't really go into a big rant, so I'm pretty proud of myself <laughs> there. Although, you know, everyone enjoys your rants, I know, too. I know. They're an art form as well. And I'm curious to know, you guys, uh, what are your thoughts on this subject? I always love hearing your perspectives. I know some people are going to disagree with us. Some people are going to agree, but I love hearing your perspective on this. So go ahead and leave that in whatever comment section you might find this. And thank you so much for listening, you guys. You guys are absolutely freaking amazing, and I totally adore you. And if you like this and you want to listen to more of us uh, just having conversations about these subjects, go ahead and click anywhere around here to subscribe. Subscribe. And uh, that's it. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios. Total awesomeness.